welcome to Giving an Answer, the show dedicated to defending the historic Christian faith. I am your host, Dr. H.C. Felder, and today I will be airing a message I gave at the 2018 National Apologetics Conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, titled Christianity and Slavery, How Christianity Set the Foundation for the Abolition of Slavery Worldwide. Now, I, I don't know what the protocol is here, y'all, but I'm going to go ahead and open up some prayer, because I need prayer. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come before your people to impart in them knowledge. We ask for your spirit to be here guiding me, giving me the proper responses to their questions, and glorifying you. And we pray all this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and get started. Let me introduce myself first, because a lot of you might be saying, who is this guy? Why is he here? Why should I listen to him? All right, so my name is H.C. Felder, Dr. H.C. Felder, and I... I'm going to give you a short one, because my wife, I spoke at NC State one time, a couple months ago, my wife said I spoke way too long, and I had to, then I had to like, click through the, the slides and try to finish, <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. Um, I actually was born in a Christian home, but I wasn't Christian, because I didn't know what that meant. I know there was just some guy named Jesus, you know, that everybody talked about, like, he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Who was this Jesus guy? But I didn't really know much about him. So, um, so I would say I was a theist. I believed in God, but I wasn't really a Christian. And when I became, when I, when I joined the Navy, and I went into the Navy, and I decided to become an atheist. I decided to become an atheist because I, I wanted to do some stuff, and, and believing that God was going to interfere with me. <laughs> I'm being honest with y'all. I think, I think a lot more atheists should be honest about why they're atheists. <laughs> I wanted to chase women and drink. That's why I became an atheist. Let me just tell you now. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> but fortunately, God, you know, God intervened before I, I completely self-destructed <coughs> and, and brought me back into the fold. And now I, and, and, and believe, the weird thing is that when I was an atheist, there was no one out there who was, who was giving any evidence for Christianity. And I was like, you know, so I was like the, the typical atheist. It, yeah, that book is a Bible. The Bible is a book of fairy tales. You know, this Jesus God never existed. And, and then when I became a believer, I re researched it. Because I was like, well, that's, it was just an emotional thing. And I, and I did the research, and I was like, wow, I can't believe there's all this evidence for Christianity. I can't believe nobody told me this. So I dedicated my life to sharing information with everyone else. I was actually a software engineer at NASA. I quit my job, I sold my house, and moved to Charlotte, started apologetic, started apologetics ministry, went to Southern Evangelical Seminary, got my doctorate, and I'm here today before you. So that's the short version. My wife would be proud. <laughs> So, let me go ahead and talk to you about this topic. So, the reason why I got into this is that when I came to Charlotte, I went to a, any of y'all ever heard of, y'all know what Juneteenth is? Juneteenth. Yes. Okay. So, Juneteenth is a celebration of when the slaves were free. You was like, hold up, but that's, isn't that like, you know, Declaration, you know, what is the uh, Emancipation Proclamation? What are you talking about? Well, the slaves were free technically, but there were still a lot of slave owners who didn't tell their slaves because, after all, the slaves didn't have CNN or Fox News. So they didn't know they were free. So it wasn't until the soldiers actually physically freed them that they were free. So I was, I, I was at a Juneteenth celebration of Freedom Park right here in Charlotte, and, and I saw this. It was, it was good. I mean, they had nice music. They had good food. But I saw this picture that really, really disturbed me. It was a picture... It was a painting, and it was a painting of a black baby. And the black baby was being fed by a white hand, a spoon 
being fed a giant spoon that was held by a white hat. And in the spoon was the Bible and chains and a cross. Wow. And that, you talk about pictures worth a thousand words. <laughs> I knew exactly what that was saying. I knew exactly what that was saying. So that's why I actually did my, my um, dissertation on the African-American Guide to the Bible. And what I was demonstrating in that book is the first part I did with the fact that, um, <coughs> that the Bible is the word of God. Because if the Bible is not the word of God, then who cares anything about anything else? And I deal with the fact that the black presence in the Bible, that you know, people in the Bible, when you look at these people in the Bible, these are not blonde-haired, blue-eyed people. <laughs> so, you know, they all didn't look like Moses. <laughs> and the third part, I deal with the Bible and racism, where I deal with the, all the arguments that these critics use to say that, um, that the Christianity of the Bible is racist. You know, like uh, black skin is the curse, of Cain, uh, the curse of Cain, you know, the curse of Ham and all that type of stuff. And, and the curse of Cain was black skin, and I deal with all that type of stuff. And then if, if, the fourth part, I actually deal with God's actual view of the unity of man and how God doesn't view race at all. Race is a man-made thing. Race doesn't exist in the Bible. Man, is, man invented race and how God sees mankind as just one. So, my book is the African-American Guide to the Bible. <laughs> shameless plug, shameless plug. <laughs> it's up on uh, Amazon. Uh, the second edition should be up there. You may have to actually put the second edition when you, when you search for it. So, any other questions before I get started? Yeah, what was your rating? I was a CTR1, cryptologic technician. Well, see, I did it when they did Morse code. They don't do Morse code anymore. A matter of fact, I had to go to the VA yesterday because I lost hearing because I listened to all that Morse code all, all those years ago. Oh. I was, um, is, any, is anything in your book dealing with um, the Hebrew Israelites? Not particularly, but my book deals with all the arguments that they use. Yes, I do, I do with all the arguments. Oh, yes, yes. And, and uh, I have a YouTube channel because I used to have a show, but all my shows on my YouTube channel, which is... Uh, giving an answer, and I have videos, and I deal with the Hebrew Israelites. And um, matter of fact, I may be one of the most hated people by the Hebrew Israelites. <laughs> the Hebrew Israelites in the International House of Prayer, and um, uh, there's some other uh, black groups out there that, you know, my wife thinks that they're trying to knock me off. She's like, because they're trying to meet up with me, my wife says, no, don't meet up with them, don't meet up, they're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I think T. Craig Lewis might be the most hated. You might be the same. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get started. All right. Name of my topic, Christianity and Slavery. How Christianity set the foundation for the abolition of slavery worldwide. This is very interesting. Because what we're told is that Christianity is responsible for slavery. And that, matter of fact, when I was doing research for this, I came across an article that had the title, The Bible Was Written to Enslave Black People. And nothing be further from the truth. The exact opposite is what the, actually the truth. So what I'm about to say to you is probably things you've never heard before. And that's what I love. And you know why I love that? Because that's, that's what the, teach, the teacher in me is. I love it when I'm teaching and I see light bulbs go off in people's heads. That's, that's, I, can see, I can see the light bulbs go off and it's like, oh, I love that. I mean, I thrive off of that. So hopefully I'll see that at least once or twice a day. I'd like to give you a roadmap. Remember I say I, I like a bunch of visual thinkers, so I give you a roadmap on where I'm going so that you can sort of organize things in your mind. I'm going to talk about, I'm give you an introduction as to, you know, why I'm doing this or what I'm doing, and I'm talking about why this is important. I'm going to give you a history of slavery. I, I, what's surprising is most people don't even know the history of slavery. So they think slavery began in the United States. It began and, and ended in the United States. And it, it, it just dealt with uh, 
white people and, and Africans. And that is so far from the truth. And it's so difficult to unthink that because that's all we hear. I'm going to talk about Christianity and the abolition of slavery and how Christianity was instrumental in actually the abolition of slavery. I'm going to give you a summary because I like to give you the bullet points. I'm going to give you a conclusion. I think I may already have an idea what my conclusion is. But let's go. Let's move forward. So in this message, I plan to demonstrate how slavery was tolerated since the dawn of man through various cultures and religions and how Christianity set the foundation for the abolition of slavery worldwide. Slavery isn't something that was invented for black people. Slavery, is in it, 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 slavery existed from the very first time one tribe of people got stronger than another tribe of people. Because when one tribe of people gets stronger than another tribe of people, they decide, I'm going to take what you own, and I'm going to own you. That's where slavery actually came from. And why is this important? Because many African Americans see Christianity as synonymous with slavery, as you were saying. They believe that Christianity is the white man's religion, Christianity is the religion of slave owners, and that it only exists to oppress, to oppress black people. The idea that Christianity endorses slavery is a stumbling block to many black people, as we mentioned. Now, I did another presentation last year on um, the Bible and racism, and I think I have that on my website. I'm not going to go into a lot of that today because that's, that's not what my topic is today. But I actually deal with that in depth. So this history of slavery, let's go back, let's, go, let's talk about slavery in general. All right. Every major culture has engaged in slavery. Now this guy named, this guy that I'm, that I'm actually uh, quoting here, and I do a lot of quoting here because I want you to know that I'm not inventing this stuff. I didn't make this stuff up. I'm actually referencing some uh, respected sources. And this guy right here, Thomas Sowell, oh, you know, I love him. I, okay. He really opened up my eyes to some things. And it was actually his books that prompted me to write this book that I'm going to be writing on, on slavery. Because he deals with slavery. And, and, and the, the interesting thing about Thomas Sowell is that he is an African American. And y'all, he was actually born in Gastonia of all places. <laughs> now, I, I, I had this joke. I was going to say, get anything good out of gas, come out of Gastonia. But I didn't know how many people from Gastonia would be here, so I decided not to say it. <laughs> I mean, the guy, I mean, he went to Harvard for his undergrad. He went to Columbia for his master's. He's part of the Hoover Institute of Stafford University. He's been, you know, invited to speak before Congress on a number of, on a number of, uh, number of topics. But this guy has really opened up my eyes, so I, I quote him quite a bit. Before the modern era, by, by and large, Europeans enslaved other Europeans. Asians enslaved other Asians. Africans enslaved other Africans. And the indigenous peoples of the Western Hemisphere enslaved other indigenous people of the Western Hemisphere. People just enslaved other people. And guess what, y'all? It had nothing to do with race. It had nothing to do with race, because people enslaved each other. I'm going to say something to y'all that you might find shocking. Racism, slavery is not the result of racism. Racism is the result of slavery. Let that firm in. I'm going to touch on that a little bit more. Ancient times, the earliest civilizations, and, and, and I, I document, I have, I have a bibliography where I'm documenting all these sources in the back. So you can see I just didn't make this stuff up. The earliest civilizations along the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, Mesopotamia, the Nile and Egypt, 
the Indus Valley of India, and China's River Gate, China's Yangtze River Valley had slavery. So we have Egypt had slavery. We had India had slavery. We had China had slavery. All these places had slavery. But Babylonians, and I mention this because uh, I, I think y'all pretty much will be familiar with some of this. The ancient Babylonians clearly had slaves. The rules for conduct was outlined in the Code of Harabi. The king of Babylon from 1792 to 1750. Society was broken down into three classes. The property class, the free, and the slaves. Every civilization that was a world power stayed a world power because they enslaved other people who they conquered. When one civilization enslaved another civilization, they didn't enslave them and put them in camps or put them on welfare. They put them in bondage and they put them to work. That's what slavery was. Here's an example of one of the Harami codes. <laughs> Law 282 states that if the slaves were to, if a slave were to say to his master, I don't need you, then his ear would be cut off. There are also tons of laws about slave auctions and how to auction off slaves. Egypt. Israelites were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. When you read the Bible where it says someone conquered someone and took them captive, that means they became their slaves. That happened all throughout the Bible because it happened all throughout history of mankind. This wasn't some new idea. When Bible, when the, when the Bible actually does talk about slavery, but it, put, it puts parameters around them. And the parameters around slavery in the Bible were to maintain the dignity of the person, which was not the case in other societies. That's how you know it had a different source. For instance, according to Deuteronomy, if a slave escaped, you could not return that slave back to his master. And according to Deuteronomy, if that slave escaped, you would kill the slave and the person who, who took the slave. Or who's harboring the slave. And, and I'm not going to go down this road, but primarily in the Old Testament, slavery was two, with two kinds. There was the kind of slavery that was the slavery of volunteerism. Like someone just like, you know, look, hey, I, you know, I can't take care of myself. I can't take care of my family. Uh, could we work for you? We'd be like indentured servants, you know, a certain amount of time. And that was the most amount of slavery. But there were also slavery of forced slavery. Because when... Because the people who were in that area, in the, in the, they, they came in the area, God had given them plenty of times to come back to them. That slavery was actually God's punishment upon them. It was God's judgment on them. God said to them over and over again, you know, come to me. And they rejected them. And, and, and the punishment was for them to go into bondage. And to go into bondage at the hands of the Israelites. But I also want to say this as a, as a, as a side note. It wasn't like the Israelites were white and everybody else was black. Everybody was the same color. Because that's the picture that people get. They say, oh, oh, well, you know, the Jews, they were these white people who enslaved those indigenous people. And what, it, there were no blonde-haired, blue-eyed people here. I'm telling y'all. My book actually explains where races come from, and it's, back, and it's actually as a result of people migrating um, to different parts of the, of, the, of, the, of the world. And as they migrated to different parts of the world, those who were better acclimated to that climate were the ones who end up thriving in that climate. But within Adam and Eve were the genes for every race, color, creed, blue eyes, big noses, all that. And all that was in Adam and Eve. 
But in certain cultures, it's prominent because certain cultures, when they went, to get, they went together, like for instance at the Babylon, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on going on this. At the Babylon, you know, at the, the confusion of the languages, they all went different places. And then when they all went different places, then you have a, uh, a group of people who are, who are uh, breeding with other group of people who have the same uh, characteristics, same physical characteristics. And imagine if they are all related to each other and they're doing this, because there was no prohibition against, you know, people marrying their, their sisters and stuff like that. Oh, here's a side note, y'all. Like, I'm going to give y'all an example. Don't tell my wife I said this. <laughs> but my wife is a beautiful woman, but she has a very distinctive nose. And you can see that nose in her kids. Now imagine if she were to marry her brother that had the same kind of nose. <laughs> you get where I'm going? You get where I'm going here? <laughs> <laughs> Greece. <laughs> what was that? What was that? Oh, okay. Greece, 300 to 400 BC. In Athens during the classical period, a third to half of the population consisted of slaves. Rome would become even more dependent on slavery. Most early societies backed or lacked a word for freedom. There was, there was no such thing as freedom. No, I mean, the concept never even occurred to anyone. That's the most amazing thing about this, y'all, is that slavery was, was an accepted institution around the world. There was no such thing as it being wrong. It never occurred. It just it wouldn't happen. If, 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 if I take over your village, then I'm going to make you a slave to my village. You know, now no one wanted to be a slave, but everyone understood that's the way it worked. And that's the way it always worked. Up until something weird happened. And we're going to get to that. The Romans, first century. And I'm just touching on some, some sporadic times throughout history. I'm, there's no way I'm going to be covering all of them. Because remember I said all civilizations basically enslave all other civilizations. But I do want to give you some examples, some tangible examples for you to see. One in two people living under the Roman Empire were slaves. Every other person was a slave. Slaves in Rome might include prisoners of war, sailors captured and sold by pirates, or slaves born outside Roman territory. Remember even um, um, Paul had to sort of purchase Roman citizenship. If you were in a Roman citizenship, you know, you turns out you were a slave. And when Rome conquered a place, guess what they did with the people who were there? They made them slaves. Like I said, they didn't get them and put them on the welfare system and say, now you can sit in your house and chill for the rest of, you know, forever else. You know. <coughs> All slaves and their families were property of their owners who could sell or rent them out at any time. Their lives were harsh. Slaves were off the whip, branded, or cruelly mistreated. Their owners could also kill them for any reason and would face no punishment. Which is contrary to what we see in the Bible. Because in the Bible, if you kill a slave, then you were to die as well. That's where the whole eye for an eye comes from. If your slave was maimed, then you could be killed for it. it that, did, that didn't always exist. That wasn't the, 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 the normal way of dealing with slaves. The, the normal way of dealing with slaves was that they were property. And you could do it to your property whatever you want to do. And you, you know, like, like your car, well, like your dog. Actually, I, well, I'm, not, I, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use dog as an example because I think a lot of times we treat our dogs better than a lot of people treat other people. <laughs> so I'm not going to use that. You know, I was telling my daughter yesterday that, you know, because she's always, she's talking about how, I told you I was going on rabbit trails, right? <laughs> she talks about how her, how her, uh, her dog has these allergies, right? She has like a little shih tzu, and it has these allergies. And I said, you know what? You know what? You should get like uh, health care for your dog. And she laughed at me. I'm like, no, they really have health care for your dog. 
<laughs> now, my daughter does not have health care. <laughs> That's the ironic thing. <laughs> Coming up to a little bit more modern times, Europeans enslaved other Europeans. The term slave has its origin from the word slav, which is basically the Slavic people. The Slavs who inhabited a large part of Eastern Europe was taken as slaves by the Muslims of Spain during the 9th century AD. So the word slave itself came from white people who were enslaved, not from black <coughs> people. Slavery never disappeared from medieval Europe. While slavery declined in northwestern Europe, it persisted in Sicily, southern Italy, Russia, southern France, Spain, and North America. Most of these slaves were white coming from areas in Eastern Europe or near the Black Sea. What's that? North Africa. Oh, North Africa, right. Actually, y'all, the first white people who, who came to Egypt came as slaves. Because Egypt was a world power. And what did I say what happens when there's a world power? A world power dominates other people and takes those slaves. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see in uh, Egypt, when you look at like, a lot of the historical drawings, you see people of every color. It's because they enslaved. Okay, in my book I talk about how, how, how your skin color is basically determined by your geography. But when you have places where there's this mixture, it's because one brought the other one in. And in this particular instance, the Egyptians brought in the Europeans as their slaves. These people of the Balkans were enslaved by fellow Europeans, as well as by the people of the Middle East, for at least six centuries before the first African was brought to the Western Hemisphere. So you see where I'm going with this, the whole thing about this idea that, that slavery is just built around black people and that it's just built around white people enslaving black people or Christians enslaving black people. It's historically simply not accurate. Okay. In my book, I'm going to entitle this chapter, The Roots of the Problem. <laughs> see what I'm doing there? See what I'm doing there? See what I'm doing there? <laughs> The reason, why, the reason why I'm saying it is because I remember when this movie came out. Yeah. And when this movie came out, it had a significant impact on me and everyone I knew. As a matter of fact, I grew up in D.C. and there was 90% black. And there was violence because people were angry because these white people went over to Africa and brought these slaves back. And we were incensed. And come to find out, this isn't even true. Matter of fact, Alex Haley was sued for plagiarism because he stole, this, he stole a lot of this stuff from somewhere else. And he later, even later on said that it was sort of like an allegory. And my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter came from the Philippines. My daughter is a Filipino. When I was in the Navy, she was the byproduct of my, of my atheist days, doing my own thing. But when she came here, the first thing I did was show her roots. <laughs> However, and this is the region of West Africa from which Kuta Kinte supposedly came from was one of the great slave training regions of the continent before, during, and after the white <coughs> man arrived. It was the Africans who enslaved their fellow Africans, selling some of those slaves to Europeans or the Arabs and keeping others for themselves. Even at the peak of the Atlanta slave trade, Africans retained more slaves for themselves than they sent to the Western Hemisphere. 
So it wasn't white people going there and taking these slaves. It was white people going there and buying the slaves from the tribes who took them slaves, who took slaves of other tribes. Remember what I said. The, the powerful or, or, or the, the, uh, the biggest tribes will subjugate the smaller ones. And then what happens? When the smaller ones are subjugated, they either kept them enslaved for themselves, because they had plantations in Africa, and they were, they were making them work on African plantations just like they were working here. Either they did that, or they sold them to the white people. That's how it, yes. So you're saying there was no evidence of kidnapping, or no evidence? There, there was some by the Portuguese, but that was very, 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 very minor. Because at this time, these people were, these nations were established nations in Africa. So a white man wasn't going to go rolling, you know, stolen on into Zulu nations. Hey, give me some of your slaves. It wasn't going to happen. Right, right. So, so, I mean, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't come with an army. They came as traitors. So slavery did not happen as a result of colonization, is what you're saying? I'm saying, I'm saying slavery was as a result of mankind being, uh, uh, captured other mankind. Some of it was as a result of colonization. But my point is I'm going to get to is that the, the, the abolition of slavery was also a result of colonization. Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm seeing some of the light bulbs go off. I'm seeing some of the light bulbs go off. Arab enslavement Africans. <clears throat> now this is the part that I think that most people don't get. Because people talk about how Christianity enslaved all these black people when there was more Arabs enslaving black people than, than Christians ever did. But the much less publicized slave trade to the Islamic countries had even higher mortality rates in route, as well as involving larger numbers of peoples over the centuries. By a variety of accounts, most of the slaves who marched across the Sahara toward the Mediterranean died along the way. So although the Americans and the Europeans came to the east coast or the west coast of Africa to get their slaves, the ones who were the Muslims, they actually went and bought slaves there but they took them across the Sahara Desert to get to, to get to the Muslim countries. And across the Sahara Desert, estimates some of them, three out of four of them died along the way. This is no better than the slave ships that came to America. No better. As a matter of fact, y'all, to this day, there's slavery going on in Muslim countries. To this day. But we don't talk about that. And they're being, they're being, and in a lot of instances, they are Muslims who are enslaving Christians. This is the ugly secret. It is Islam that is a much worse example of how, how or the uh, abuse of black people than Christianity ever was. Africans enslaving whites. At least a million Europeans were enslaved by North African pirates along the 1500s to 1800s. And some European slaves were still being sold on the auction block in Egypt years after the Emancipation Proclamation freed blacks in the United States. So now you, you, doc, you consider North Africa not to be Arab, and you consider it to be African. Yes, and, and, and this is why I do that. Because you cannot, you cannot point to me a place in Africa and say, well, okay, this is where black people begin and, 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 and uh, or black people end. There's a, there's, there's a degree of change within all of Africa. Remember, remember now, I said that, 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 that skin tone or, or skin is, is determined by geography. So you can see that the, that 
over certain parts of Africa, it, people are darker. Over another parts, it is, it is lighter. If I lined up to you, every, every person in the world, according to skin color, could you go to one person and say, oh, this is what black people be getting at? Right. <laughs> you can't. So people arbitrarily try to say North Africa to try to make it sound like they're not Africans. They're Africans. They just may be a lighter, lighter version of Africans, but they're still Africans. Africans are Africans. I reject this North African uh, panacea that all of a sudden makes it different because it's North Africa. Africa is a continent. The whole thing is a continent. So when you make your distinction of, of Arabs, are you talking Saudi Arabia? I'm talking about all the Muslim countries. I'm talking about all the Muslim countries. And you don't consider them Africans? I consider the people who live in Africa Africans. Saudi Arabia, that's Middle East. That's not an Africa. I'm just helping them with this team. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, oh, oh. I said his, I said yes, his yes, name no. all the time. And, and he always, oh, look, look, y'all. This is nothing. He always challenges me, too. He yeah. challenges me, which is a good thing. Right. I think everyone should have a student. Every teacher should have a student in their class that challenges them. We all have it, right? Miss Miriam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm his Timothy. Right, right. Yeah. It's good. So, and it doesn't bother me because if, if you know, if, if it's something I need to rethink, then I need to rethink it. Right, right, exactly. Native Americans is enslaving other Native Americans. Long before the arrival of Europeans, most tribes in the region had practiced the traditional form of kindred slavery. But remember now, it's not like there's this view that the Native Americans were all getting along holding hands, singing Kumbaya before the white man arrived. <laughs> that wasn't the case. They were killing each other. They were enslaving one another. Not because they are any worse than other people, but because they are the same as other people. This thing is a human condition. It doesn't matter what part of the world we're talking about. That's why Africans enslaved Africans and Native Americans enslaved Native Americans. They were Native Americans who, who drove other Native Americans to extinction. Once Europeans arrived as colonists in North Africa, the nature of Indian slavery changed abruptly and dramatically. Indians found that British, British settlers, especially those in the southern colonies, eagerly purchased or captured Indians to use as forced labor in cultivating tobacco, rice, and indigo. <clears throat> more and more, Indians, would be, Indians began selling wool captives to whites, to whites rather than integrating them into their own society. So they started doing what the Africans did. They started selling them to the white people. Because I know that, the, uh, that they, they tried to get Native Americans to be slaves before blacks, but they just couldn't do it. I mean, they, they, had a, they didn't have a very good resistance to diseases, the climate, the work, they just, they just couldn't do it. But for a while there, they were using Native Americans, and they weren't going and just capturing Native Americans. They were, a lot of times they were getting them from other Native Americans who took them captives, and then Native Americans would raid other tribes as slaves to sell to the Americans, to the colonists, so that they can barter things. Like whiskey, guns, whatever the case might be. <sighs> the National Museum of His American Indian's co-reader, Paul Chad Smith, he's asking himself uh, Comanche, and he makes this statement. This is Smithsonian Institute. He actually works at Smithsonian Institute. He's in charge of the um, Native American exhibits there. And he actually um, done a lot of research on what they call the Trail of Tears. Where the Native Americans were relocated. He writes, the five civilized tribes, which were like the Comanches and the Cherokee and 
were deeply committed to slavery, established their own racialized black codes, immediately reestablished slavery when they arrived in Indian territory, like we talk about the slaves of tears, well, a lot of those people who were on that slaves of tears were slaves of these Native Americans. You don't hear about that in your history book, do you? Not at all. Once they arrived and they were relocated, they immediately reestablished slavery when they arrived in the Indian territories, rebuilt their nations with slave labor, crushed slave rebellion, and enthusiastically sided with the Confederacy in the Civil War. Yes? What is the name about black codes? Uh, just like we had, you know, black people, you know, drinking that, they had the black fountains, you know. Just certain things that black people could do and couldn't do, like you couldn't, probably couldn't marry an Indian or just certain things that keep them subservient, just like the whites kept them subservient. They were doing the exact same thing. Matter of fact, they learned from the whites. And one of the reasons why they did it was because they wanted to be accepted by the whites and they wanted to be seen civilized like the whites. So one of the most civilized things you could do is to, make, is to have slaves. Do these five tribes, do they just have black slaves or do they also have other Native American slaves? They, they probably had other Native American slaves as well. Yes. Because that never died out. Because they, they still had to fight other Native Americans. And then what do you do with them? You catch them, you either kill them or you make them slaves. So, Doc, real mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. So, at what point are you finding because if other African tribes are enslaving other African tribes, mm -hmm. at what point did you find that a race? in regards to skin color becomes a line of segregation versus a nationality okay. or a tribe. When, when did you find that happen? When the okay. slave owners were different colors, did the tribes become different colors than the slaves themselves? Or? All right, so, and I talk about this in my book, Plug, Plug. But, uh, <laughs> but, but what happened was is that initially, initially the African Americans who were brought over were indentured servants, right? Just like the Irish who were brought over, just like the Germans who were brought over, they all worked together in the fields right beside each other. Something happened, I can't remember what the year it was, 1690 or something, I don't know, the year might be wrong. Something happened called um, Bacon's Rebellion. And, and Bacon's Rebellion, what happened was that the, 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 the Irish and the, the blacks and all the people who were slaves rose up against the slave masters or against the, uh, the, the property owners. And they even ended up burning down Johnstown. But what, 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 happened, as a, what happened as a result of that is that the whites said, we cannot let this happen again. We need to come up with a way to make sure this that doesn't happen again. So they came up with a way to, to sow discord among the slaves. And the discord was racism. So now we're going to make you inferior based on the color of your skin. And those, the, the, those Irish and those other whites, they were given uh, status as white. They weren't white before. Only people who were white were the slave, but, but the uh, property owners. They were given the classification as being white as long as they agreed to go along with the suppression of the blacks. And even the, the, the Native Americans even sort of bought into this as well. So that's why I say that racism is a result of slavery that slavery, is that, did I say it right? Yeah. Yes. So, so racism came about because of slavery, not the other way around. Slavery, racism was invented to perpetrate slavery and to, to uh, perpetuate slavery. Because before then, they didn't care. You know, black people were black people, German people were German. Race actually meant your nationality. It actually meant your ethnicity. You, you know, uh, Irish was a race. German was a race. You know, uh, African was a race. It wasn't until 
this point where in, in, in our history where they decided that it was going to be based on the color of the skin. And this is the first time that has happened, that it was based on the color of your skin. Because before, it was just based on we don't like you or we want to take your, we want your stuff. So that's when it first came about. Did I answer your question? <laughs> but that's not tracking, and you may, you may do it in your next book, but that's not tracking an imperialistic superiority mindset that could also be prevalent with Christianity because, you know, the study of Islam right. has already started. That's already started. I mean, from Byzantine to right. So all I'm saying is as those who become the, the uh, momentum or those who begin to take on the faith of Christianity and with all that was going on between that and Islam and Zoroastrianism, all that kind of stuff, a superiority is beginning to rise. And that's what I'm saying. That is that the whole idea of, of, of white now being superior to black. Because the racism, because just like blackness was invented, whiteness was invented. So you have now the whites and the blacks, and the whites were superior to the blacks. But this was invented. This was, but, but let me say this, is that every single source of authority was used to justify uh, slavery. It was, the, it was skin color, but it was also um, religion. You know, they used the Bible. I, I say they took it out of context, but they also used science. Science was used to prove that black people were necessarily inferior to white people, which further justified slavery. So whatever authority was being used was, was, that was recognized by people was used to suppress people or enslave people. That's just the way every society does. Every society does, uses whatever the, authority, the authoritative voice is to, 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 to uh, do what they want to do, to justify what they want to do and how they want to treat people. Smith also says they were willful and determined oppressors of blacks they owned, enthusiastic participants in the global economy driven by cotton, and believers in the idea that they were equal to whites and superior to blacks. Because they were told that by whites. <coughs> Tocantar Chief Greenwood LaFleur had 15,000 acres of Mississippi land and 400 enslaved blacks under his dominion. <coughs> There were a number of examples, but for time's sake, I <coughs> just limited to this. Um, how much more time? What, what, how, do I, how much time do I? What do I have to, what do I have to ask? Time. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Tonight, tonight. okay All right, and what time is it now? 11.15. Okay, okay. Oh, good, good, good. Africans enslaving other African Americans. African Americans enslaving other African Americans. This is something I, I thought was surprising to myself. They were all, these were often slaves who themselves were freed by their masters or purchased their own freedom. Free black slave owners resided in every southern state which countenance slavery and even in northern states. In Louisiana, Maryland, South Carolina, and Virginia, free blacks owned more than 10,000 slaves according to the federal, the federal uh, census of 1830. Let me tell y'all something else. Remember I made the point that you know, blacks originally came over as indentured servants? Well, something changed. There was a slave owner who sued a slave for permanent ownership. The slave, that slave owner was an African. That slave owner was a previous slave who sued his slave to make him a slave for life. And then once that happened, then the, then the, the idea of slavery for life opened up. It was because another black took 
One black took another black slave. It wasn't because a white person decided he wanted to keep his black slave. It was because a black person decided he wanted to keep his black slave. Can we define I want to I'm just adding on, just thinking about all this too. Like when we define a slave, we're saying that they need to do something for us. It could be any task, right? Just in the clarification as, as to slavery. Are we talking about just like, they got to do my work, they got to do this for me? They are your property. They do whatever you tell they them do to do. Whatever you tell them to do. They do whatever you tell them to do. They are your property to be used any way you see fit. Right, right. Any way you see fit. From work to sex. From work to sex. Matter of fact, a lot of slaves were born specifically for sex. Specific. I know this is definitely prevalent. They didn't talk about it that, that much in uh, in America. Uh, I, I assume it happened as much. But this was very common and known in Islam. In Islam, it was very common to uh, to purchase women to be your concubine. These slaves were not kin but bought as slave labor to work plantations and various, and various other occupations. Because, and I bring this up because a lot of times they will say, well, these were people who bought their own families. I mean, there was some of that, but that was, that, was, <laughs> that was the exception, not the rule. We know this based on census records, wills, bill of sales, and tax records. I've read, a, one of the books I used was the, um, was Black Slave Owners in South Carolina, and I use that a lot because South Carolina is one of the states that have all of their records. This is one of the few places where, you know, the, the Confederate didn't come in and burn everything, and, or, or, or the Union didn't come in and, and burn everything, and be, or something wasn't flooded or something like that. So you actually see, and you know who's a slave, and you know who's a slave because you see who the household owner is, you can see if he's black, because all free black people had to pay a tax. So you know who's paying the tax. So you know who the free black people are, and you know who the... And on the Census Bureau, it says house of household. What's their race? And we see when they're being sold, because we have the bill of sales. We see the records when, when the black slave owners who are willing their property to their heirs saying, I want it to you, uh, Joe and one and uh, I'm going to use Juanita. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, or whatever the case is. Uh, my, my two prized slaves. They weren't freeing them. They were handing them down to their relatives just like white people handing them down to their relatives. They were working the plantations for blacks just like they were working the plantations for whites. Now, now you have to understand, and, and, and you have to also understand we're dealing with the time in America where if you were black and you were trying to be enterprising, you couldn't just go to monster.com and find someone to help you <laughs> with, with your slave trade. There were very, free, very few freedmen. So if you wanted to have a plantation, you had to hire labor. Where are you going to get your labor from? Not no free person who's been free. He ain't going to work your plantation. So you had to get slaves just like the white people got slaves. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is there anything on record with how the freed slaves treated their slaves? They treated them absolutely no different. No different at all. You have documentation of that? Yes. Actually, it's in the book. It's in a book that I have. Uh, Coming out. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, not, actually, it's not Soul's book, but also the book that I have about the, with the records of South Carolina. Oh, yeah, I, can't I, got, remember. I, got, I got the name of Yeah, yeah. And he goes into it. He, he specifically says they treated them no better. Because they learned. And see, here's the thing. We're looking at slavery from a different perspective. They understood slavery in a way that we don't understand slavery. Because to them, slavery was a part of the way things were. We are looking back from a higher moral position saying that that was wrong. 
do you know what I found so interesting, y'all? And, and, and I'm probably going to get some flack for saying this. But there was, a, there was a program done in the 1930s that actually went through um, and interviewed ex-slaves who were still alive. And what I found interesting was the number of these ex-slaves who said, I, I, it, was, it wasn't all that bad. I, I had three squares a day. I had a place to live. I had food on the table. So, in Charleston, by 1800, nearly one out of every three colored heads of households were recorded with slave property. This is the book right here. This is the book right here. Right. Yeah. I'm putting the one in the okay. South Carolina. Between 1820 and 1840, the percentage of slaveholders, these are, these are black head of, whole, head of households ranged from 72 to 77 percent. It wasn't just the plantations. Some of them, you know, it might have been a, a baker, you know, might have been someone working at a hotel or a restaurant, but nonetheless, they were, they were slaves, just like the whites had slaves, the black had slaves. And this is sold again. There were thousands of other blacks in the antebellum South who were commercial slave owners, just like their white counterparts. An estimated one-third of the free persons of color in New Orleans were slave owners, and thousands of these slave owners volunteered to fight for the Confederacy during the Civil War. He actually has, uh, I think in the book, that, the other book that he put up there, they actually have some of the letter where the, 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 the black slave owners formed a group saying, yeah, we, we'll fight, we'll fight, we'll fight with you against the, against the uh, what do they call it, the, uh, the, the, the those, uh, the oppressors of, the oppressors of Northern aggression, something like that. So if they volunteered to fight, who took care of slaves? They didn't. They wouldn't let them fight. But they oh. volunteered to fight. Oh, okay. But they weren't allowed to fight. <laughs> like, no, look, we don't know we trust you like that. You might, you might, you might switch up on us in the middle of battle. <laughs> so now we'll do Christianity and the abolition of slavery. The reason for the abolition of slavery, here is the main thing that separates Christianity and makes Christianity incompatible with slavery. And this is what sparked the difference that changed an institution or eradicated an institution that has always existed from the dawn of mankind. And that was the idea that man is made in the image of God. That is such a powerful idea, y'all. That is a powerful idea. It doesn't say some men are made in the image of God. All men are made in the image of God. And then once you understand that, once you get that, it starts to affect how you treat other people. At least it should. So then the three-fifths of a man uh, law that they had for the longest time was built again to con continue to perpetrate slavery. Yeah, but, but let, me, let, me, let me respond to that. Uh, I think that that three-fifths understanding is sort of misconstrued because here's, here's, here's the problem, is that the Southerners who wanted to keep slavery wanted to count, wanted to count each and every one of their slaves as a citizen or as a person which gave them more representation right. in the government. Well, I mean, they used to also say that was a, they, that, that would also mean why they're not considered equal to man in the eyes of God. Right, but, but, the, but, the, but the thing there is that, I don't think it's saying that, that, that a person is, is only worth three-fifths. Right. They've been saying for, for the records, as far as accounting for, for the government, because because actually, uh, if they counted them as five fifths, 
slavery would have lasted a lot longer time because there would have been uh, more representation. They would have the South would have had more representation in the government, and it would have been harder to overthrow laws that dealt with slavery. So that actually is a good thing. Although you may have never heard anyone else say that. <laughs> I am probably the least politically correct person you're going to meet. So I think, Doc, here, here's the issue because thus far it does nothing to relieve the accountability. It's beautiful. This, this, is, my, this is my Paul now, so it's all good. <laughs> um, you're exactly right. Slavery is, is, was a world trade, and it was much more beyond the selective time period that we isolated here. But that's only because we're Americans dealing with American history. So I'm not going to deal with the slavery that happened in Egypt and all those, because you know I've studied Islam, mm -hmm. and I'm there with you. Okay, secondly, the fact that this was happening by Christians, you're exactly right. The worldview of Christian, there's no other world. Robbie reiterated last night, there is no worldview that places a value on man like Christianity. None. These were Christians doing it. Yes. So, and these Senate, Christians Senate, were a majority white. Yeah, they were yes. So, 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 so Christian. No, right. no, no, no. They were professed Christians. They were professed. Right. Now, now here's the, now here's the point. Here's the here's the issue. In your Bible, it does not say in order to be a Christian, you got to look at slavery, right? Right. No, but, but, these were Christians. Now. They could have been a Paul, they could have been a Peter, they could have been a whatever. But for you to deny them their own testimony of faith is for you to call them what they're saying they are. And you can't do that. But here's the thing, here's the thing. And I deal with this in my book. I have examples in my book of Christians who were slave owners. And the arguments that they used to, to condone slavery. The arguments that allowed them to sleep at night. And I counted each and every one of those arguments as being out of context. So the point that you're making is correct. Christians own slaves. Muslims own slaves. Atheists own slaves. Everyone under every worldview owns slaves. My point is that only Christianity was incompatible with slavery. I didn't say that everyone who was a Christian understood. Understood. Because in order to get around that, there were those who said that, 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 that blacks were not man. That when that in the Bible where it talks about God created man, God wasn't talking about black men. God created black men when? When he created the beast of the field. So that's how they that's how they had to get around that. But to me, the fact that they had to get around that is an implication that they understood that they could not in good conscience uh, be proponents of slavery unless they got around that. And that's the other things that I think come as a result of this type of slavery, translate slave trade here in America. You have an ideology that springs from that. You have a whole politicized system that springs from that. You have a whole theological, inerrant, very errant, not inerrant, errant, theological yeah. teaching from that. You have, it was no different. you have a classification based on skin color, whereas it used to not be before it made right, nice right, 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 right. <laughs> so Christians need to fess up and say, look, right. we, were, yeah. we, we accepted the yeah. worldview. Not all Christians believe that. Of course not. Okay. What, but, and, and, and the reason we know they didn't believe that, so the reason... That is separate. That is separate. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. The reason why we know all Christians didn't believe that is because right. if they did, we would still have slavery today. Let me get to my point. Right. Let me get to my point. This is my whole point. I'm going to get to my whole point. Did you, did you, you got to say it, Minister? <laughs> <laughs> there is a chasm 
between the ideology of slavery that you just laid yeah. out and the consequence of slavery in a culture. Yeah. And I think we're not dealing with that chasm. Yeah. That's what this was involved yeah. but this isn't the context of this presentation. And, and, and let me say this, in my book, I make, I, I make a, I, I spend a whole section Right. As a result, right. I, I, I spend some time in my book making a distinction between Christians and Christianity. They are not the same thing. And I think that's what we can confuse because when 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 a black person sees a Christian uh, as a slave owner, they confuse that Christian with Christianity. Just because a Christian does something does not mean that it's Christian. Christianity is what Christ taught. That not what Christians do. You don't make the distinction between Arab and, and, and Islam. That's passing the buck, Doc. But, but, but here's the problem. Here's the problem, though. It's not incompatible with, with Islam because there's no such thing as man being made in the image of God. Correct, but you don't make the distinction between the various sects of Islam and who believes that and who interprets it. I'm talking about Islam in general. And nowhere in Islam is man made in the image of God. You're correct, you're correct. And so that, that idea makes Christianity incompatible correct. with slavery and correct. no other worldview incompatible no with slavery. Okay, no I got to keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The first anti-slavery element started in the colonies among the Christians. The Philadelphia Quakers banned ownership of slaves by its members. Right. That was the first one. That was the first one. Anti-slavery sentiment then grew in Britain with other Christians. Quakers were the first to require members of their congregation to cease being slave owners. Evangelicals in the Anglican Church, notably William Wilberforce in the Parliament, joined the Quakers and took the issue to the general public with decades-long political struggle to get the British government to ban the trading of slaves. Now, let's see, here's the difference is that nowhere else was the idea that slavery was wrong. Yeah. Right. This is a new idea. This is a radical idea, y'all. Right. Right. And it's brought up by Christians. Right. This idea would not have been brought up by Muslims or atheists because there's nothing, and there's nothing in there that's contradictory to their view. That's right, that's right. Within Western civilization, the principal impetus for the abolition of slavery came first from the conservative religious groups, people which we would today call the religious right. What was historically unusual, and this is the point I'm making, was the emergence in the late 18th century of a strong moral sense that slavery was so wrong that Christians could not, in good conscience, enslave anyone or countenance the continuation of it. And this is what soul writes. I, I don't even know if soul is a Christian. I, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've read a lot of his stuff. I, I, I've, I've seen a lot of his videos on YouTube. He never said, he, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything where he says he's a Christian. So the process of abolition. So now, anti-slavery ideology spread throughout Europe. The advancement of European imperialism, get this though, around the world is responsible for the retreat of slavery worldwide. Why do I say that? It's because the British used their, their power, their navy, as a matter of fact, to enforce the ban on slavery. They said, we are going to, we believe slavery is abhorrent and we are going to stop it out. We're going to stop it out worldwide, and we're going to use the military, the force of our military, to do it. We're going to use this imperialism that we're always taught is so bad toward black people. They use that imperialism to stamp out slavery worldwide, because no one can stand up to the British Navy. The British Navy entered Brazilian waters in 1849 and destroyed British ships that had been used in the slave trade. The British government pressured the Ottoman Empire into banning the African slave trade and later threatened to start boarding Ottoman ships in the Mediterranean if the empire did not do a better job of policing the band. 
They were confiscating ships. They were destroying ships because they were enforcing a ban on, on slavery. America stamped out slavery in the Philippines. The Dutch stamped out slavery in Indonesia. The Russians in Central Asia. The French in the Western Africa and the Caribbean colonies. Germans in East Africa colonies often hanged slave traders on the spot when they caught them in the act. You didn't hear about this in your history book, did you? <laughs> That's not American history. <laughs> it's world history. It's the history of slavery. Look, look, look. The, the purpose of my talk is the that Christianity is responsible for the abolition of, of slavery worldwide. Christianity, I mean, we're just dealing with a part of it in America. I'm talking about the, the purpose of my talk is the whole world, which right. had an effect upon, right. because if I just talk about Christianity, you won't see the big right. picture. You won't see what God is doing. Right. Right. If you just saw this, I'm talking about what God is doing over the whole world. Right. God wasn't just, wasn't just freeing the captives here. He was freeing the captives worldwide, and that's a bigger picture. Right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a greater glory for God. Correct, right. The, re the result of the abolition of slavery, Christianity set the captives free physically. While slavery was common to all civilizations, as well as to all people considered uncivilized, only one civilization developed a moral revulsion against it very late in this history, and that's Western civilization. Christianity set the captives free spiritually. Everyone who does not know Christ is in bondage. Jesus answered, then truly I say to you that everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. Y'all remember I told you my story about why I decided I didn't want to believe in God anymore because I didn't want to be held accountable to a God that may tell me what to do, what's right. I want to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. So God said, let thy will be done. And God turned me over to the, to the desires of my flesh. He turned me over to, to the point where I became an alcoholic, to where I became a whole mother. He turned me over to all that stuff because that's what I wanted. And it took me years to realize when I woke up one day and realized that I wanted to be free to do these things, but I did, all of a sudden I realized that I was actually in bondage to these things. That's what Christ's talking about. This is what he's saying here. Everyone who sin is a slave to sin. I wanted to be free to sin, but I was in bondage to sin. I woke up in the morning and all I thought about was women will get my next drink. I was in bondage. I wasn't free. That's right. I was captive. That's right. It wasn't until I accepted Christ. Yeah. And he delivered me from those things yeah. that I was free. Then I became free. I wasn't free before. I was in bondage before. Yeah. <laughs> Only Christianity frees us from the bondage of sin. So if the sun sets you free or makes you free, you are free indeed. John 8:36. The summary slave resistance since the dawn of man. Slavery was common in all civilizations. It was only under Christianity that the deal of slavery was challenged. Christianity lit the spark that ignited the fire that destroyed slavery worldwide. Conclusion, not only is Christianity far from being a slave religion, Christianity set men and women free, set men and women of every ethnicity free yeah. physically. Yeah. Here's my contact information. Here's my bibliography. You see my sources. See, I didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> Uh, any, any, any questions? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love this. Oh, and, and thanks. I want to thank. Uh, I want to thank my brother here, Jason. brother Jason, for uh, keeping me honest. He always keeps me honest, and I appreciate him. I love him in the Lord. You want me to get some more books? I show you should have brought more books. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
can find out more about Giving an Answer, as well as listen to other episodes by visiting us online at www.givingunanswer.org. Yeah.